0: ODE TO RAY WILSON, ESQUIRE, BY THOMAS HOOD, READ FOR LIBRIVOX.ORG, BY GLORIA KEAVE, MAY, 2018. TO THE EDITOR OF THE Athenaeum. My dear sir, the following ode was written anticipating the tone of some strictures on my writings by the gentleman to whom it is addressed. I have not seen his book, but i know by hearsay that some of my verses are characterized as profaneness and ribaldry citing in proof the description of a certain sow from whose jaw a cabbage sprout quote, protruded as the dove so staunch for peace supports an olive branch close quote. if the printed works of my censor had not prepared me for any misapplication of types I should have been surprised by this misapprehension of one of the commonest emblems. In some cases the dove unquestionably stands for the divine spirit, but the same bird is also a lay representative of the peace of this world, and as such has figured time out of mind in allegorical pictures. The sense in which it was used by me is plain from the context. At least it would be plain to anyone but a fisher for faults, predisposed to carp at some things to dab at others into flounder in all. But I am possibly in error. It is the female swine, perhaps, that is profaned in the eyes of the Oriental tourist. Men find strange ways of marking their intolerance, and the spirit is certainly strong enough in Mr. W.'s works to set up a creature as sacred in sheer opposition to the Mussulman, with whom she is a beast of abomination. It would only be going the whole sow. I am, dear sir, yours very truly, Thomas Hood. Quote Close, close your eyes with holy dread. And weave a circle round him thrice, for he on honey dew hath fed, and drunk the milk of paradise. Close quote. Coleridge. Quote, it's very hard; them kind of men won't let a body be. Close quote, old ballad. A wanderer, Wilson, from my native land, remote o ray from godliness and thee where rolls between us the eternal sea beside some furlongs of a foreign sand beyond the broadest scotch of london wall beyond the loudest saint that has a call across the wavy waste between us stretched a friendly missive warms me of a stricture wherein my likeness you have darkly etched and though i have not seen the shadow sketched thus i remark prophetic on the picture i guess the features in a line to paint their moral ugliness, I'm not a saint. Not one of those self-constituted saints quacks not physicians in the cure of souls, censors who sniff out mortal taints and call the devil over his own coals, those pseudo privy counselors of God, who write down judgments with a pen hard-nibbed, ushers of beelzebub's black rod commending sinners not to ice thick ribbed but endless flames to scorch them up like flax yet sure of heaven themselves as if they'd cribbed the impression of saint peter's keys in wax of such a character no single trace exists i know in my fictitious face there once a certain cast about the eye a certain lifting of the nose's tip a searching curling of the nether lip, In scorn of all that is beneath the sky. In brief, it is an aspect deleterious, A face decidedly not serious, A face profane that would not do at all To make a face at Exeter Hall. That hall where bigots rent, And cant and pray, And laud each other face to face, Till every farthing candle ray Conceives itself a great gaslight of grace well be the graceless liniments confessed i do enjoy this bounteous bounteous earth and dote upon a jest within the limits of becoming mirth no solemn sanctimonious face i pull nor think i'm pious when i'm only bilious nor study in my sanctum supercilious to frame a sabbath bill or forge a bull i pray for grace repent each sinful act Peruse, but underneath the rose, my Bible, And love my neighbor far too well, in fact, To call and twit him with a godly tract That's turned by application to a libel. My heart ferments not with a bigot's leaven, All creeds I view with toleration thorough, And have a horror of regarding heaven As anybody's rotten burrow. What else? No part I take in party fray With troops from Billingsgate slang wanging Tartars, I fear no Pope, and let great earnest play at fox and goose with foxes martyrs. I own I laugh at over righteous men. I own I shake my sides at ranters, and treat Sham Abram saints with wicked banters. I even own that there are times, but then it's when I've got my wine I say D canters i've no ambition to enact the spy on fellow souls a spiritual pry tis said that people ought to guard their noses who thrust them into matters none of theirs and though no delicacy discomposes your saint yet i consider faith and prayers amongst the privatest of men's affairs i do not hash the gospel in my books and thus upon the public mind intrude it as if I thought, like at a hating cook's, no food was fit to eat till I had chewed it on Bible stilts, I don't affect a stock, nor lard with scripture my familiar talk for man may pious texts repeat, and yet religion have no inward seat. tis not so plain as the old hill of howth; a man has got his belly full of meat because he talks with victuals in his mouth. Mere verbiage, it is not worth a carrot. Why, Socrates or Plato, where's the odds? Once taught a jay to supplicate the gods, and made a polytheist of a parrot. A mere professor, spite of all his cant, is not a whit better than a mantis, an insect, of what clime I can't determine, that lifts its paws most parson like, and thence by simple savages, through sheer pretense, is reckoned quite a saint amongst the vermin. But where's the reverence, or oh, where the noose, to ride on one's religion through the lobby, whether a stocking horse or hobby, to show its pious paces to the house? I honestly confess that I would hinder the Scottish members' legislative rigs, that spiritual pinder, who looks on erring souls as strained pigs, that must be lashed by law wherever found, and driven to church as to the parish pound. I do confess, without reserve or wheedle, I view that groveling idea as one worthy some parish clerk's ambitious son, a charity boy who longs to be a beetle. On such a vital topic, sure 'tis odd, how much a man can differ from his neighbor. One wishes worship freely given to God. Another wants to make it statute labor. The broad distinction in a line to draw as means to lead us to the skies above, you say, Sir Andrew and his love of law, and I, the Savior with his law of love. Spontaneously to God should tend the soul, like the magnetic needle to the pole. But... What were that intrinsic virtue worth suppose some fellow with more zeal than knowledge fresh from St. Andrew's College should nail the conscious needle to the north? I do confess that I abhor and shrink from schemes with a religious willy-nilly that frown upon St. Giles's sins but blink the peccadilloes of all Piccadilly my soul revolts at such a bare hypocrisy and will not dare not fancy in accord the lord of hosts with an exclusive lord of this world's aristocracy it will not own a notion so unholy as thinking that the rich by easy trips may go to heaven whereas the poor and lowly must work their passage as they do in ships one place there is Beneath the burial sod, where all mankind are equalized by death. Another place there is, the fane of God, where all are equal, who draw living breath. Juggle who will elsewhere with his own soul, Plain the Judas with a temporal dole. He who can come beneath that awful cope, in the dread presence of a maker just, who meets to every pinch of human dust, one even measure of immortal hope he who can stand within that holy door with soul unbowed by that pure spirit level and frame unequal laws for rich and poor might sit for hell and represent the devil such are the solemn sentiments o ray in your last journey work perchance you ravage seeming but in more courtly terms to say i'm but a heedless creedless godless savage a very guy deserving fire and faggots, A scoffer always on the grin, And sadly given to the mortal sin Of liking maw-worms less than merry maggots. The humble records of my life to search, I have not herded with mere pagan beasts, But sometimes I have sat at good men's feasts, And I have been where bells have knolled to church. Dear bells, how sweet the sounds of village bells! When on the undulating air they swim. Now loud as welcomes, faint now as farewells, And trembling all about the breezy dells As fluttered by the wings of cherubim. Meanwhile the bees are chanting a low hymn, And lost to sight the ecstatic lark above Sings like a soul beatified of love, With now and then the coo of the wild pigeon. O pagans, heathens, infidels, and doubters! If such sweet sounds can't woo you to religion, will the harsh voices of church cads and touters, A man may cry, Church, church, at every word, With no more piety than other people. A dog's not reckoned a religious bird Because it keeps a cawing from a steeple. The temple is a good, a holy place, But quacking only gives it an ill savor. While saintly mountebanks the porch disgrace, And bring religion's self into disfavor. Behold yon servitor of God and mammon, Who, binding up his Bible with his ledger, Blends gospel texts with trading gammon. A black-legged saint, a spiritual hedger, Who backs his rigid Sabbath, so to speak, Against the wicked remnant of the week. A saving bet against his sinful bias. Rogue that I am, he whispers to himself. I lie, I cheat, do anything for pelf. But who on earth can say, I am not pious? In proof how over-righteousness reacts, accept an anecdote well based on facts. One Sunday morning, at the day, don't fret in riding with a friend to ponder's end outside the stage we happened to commend a certain mansion that we saw to let ay cried our coachman with our talk to grapple you're right no house along the road comes nigh it twas built by the same man as built yon chapel and master wanted once to buy it but the other drive the bargain much too hard he axed surely a sum prodigious but being so particular religious why, that, you see, put master on his guard. Church is a little heaven below. I have been there and still would go. Yet I am none of those who think it odd a man can pray unbidden from the cassock and passing by the customary hassock, kneel down remote upon the simple sod and sue in forma pauperis to God. As for the rest, intolerant to none. Whatever shape the pious rite may bear, even the poor pagans homage to the sun, I would not harshly scorn, lest even there I spurn some elements of Christian prayer. An aim, though erring, at a world ayaunt, acknowledgment of good, of man's futility, a sense of need and weakness, and indeed that very thing so many Christians want, humility. Such, unto Papists, Jews, or Turban Turks, such is my spirit. I don't mean my wraith. Such, may it please you, is my humble faith. I know full well you do not like my works. I have not sought, tis true, the Holy Land, as full of texts as Cuddy Hedridge's mother, the Bible in one hand and my own commonplace book in the other. But you have been to Palestine, alas some minds improve by travel others rather resemble copper wire or brass which gets the narrower by going farther worthless are all such pilgrimages very if palmers at the holy tomb contrive the human heats and rancor to revive that at the sepulchre they ought to bury a sorry sight it is to rest the eye on to see a christian creature graze at Zion then homeward of the saintly pasture full rush bellowing and breathing fire and smoke at crippled papistry to butt and poke exactly as a skittish scottish bull hunts an old woman in a scarlet cloak why leave a serious moral pious home scotland renowned for sanctity of old far-distant catholics to rate and scold for doing as the romans do at rome with such a bristling spirit wherefore quit the land of cakes for any land of wafers about the graceless images to flit and buzz and chafe importunate as chafers longing to carve the carvers to scotch collops people who hold such absolute opinions should stay at home in protestant dominions not travel like male mrs trollops gifted with noble tendency to climb yet weak at the same time faith is a kind of parasitic plant, that grasps the nearest stem with tendril rings. And, as the climate and the soil may grant, so is the sort of tree to which it clings. Consider then before, like hurlothrumbo, you aim your club at any creed on earth, that by the simple accident of birth you might have been high priest to mumbo-jumbo. For me, through heathen ignorance perchance, not having knelt in palestine i feel none of that griffinish excess of zeal some travellers would blaze with here in france dolls i can see in virgin-like array nor for a scuffle with the idol's hanker like crazy quixote at the puppets play if their offence be rank should mine be rancor? mild light and by degrees should be the plan to cure the dark and erring mind but who would rush at a benighted man and give him two black eyes for being blind suppose the tender but luxuriant hop around a cankered stem should twine what kentish boor would tear away the prop so roughly as to wound nay kill the bine the images tis true are strangely dressed with gods and toys extremely out of season the carving nothing of the very best the whole repugnant to the eye of reason shocking to taste and to fine arts a treason yet ne'er or look in bigotry of sect one truly catholic one common form at which unchecked all christian hearts may kindle or keep warm say was it to my spirit's gain or loss One bright and balmy morning As I went from Liege's lovely environs to Ghent? If hard by the wayside I found a cross, That made me breathe a prayer upon the spot, While nature, of herself, as if to trace the emblem's use, Had trailed around its base the blue significant Forget-me-not. Methought the claims of charity to urge more forcibly, Along with faith and hope, the pious choice had pitched upon the verge of a delicious slope, giving the eye much variegated scope. Look round, it whispered, on that prospect rare, those vales so verdant and those hills so blue. Enjoy the sunny world, so fresh and fair, but... How the simple legend pierced me through. Pri, poor, live malheureuse with sweet kind natures as in honeyed cells religion lives and feels herself at home but only on a formal visit dwells where wasps instead of bees have formed the comb shun pride o oh ray whatever sort beside you take in lieu shun spiritual pride a pride there is of rank a pride of birth a pride of learning and a pride of purse a London pride, in short, there be on earth a host of prides, some better and some worse. But of all prides since Lucifer's attaint, the proudest swells a self-elected saint. To picture that cold pride so harsh and hard, fancy a peacock in a poultry-yard. Behold him in conceited circle's sail, strutting and dancing and now planted stiff. In all his pomp of pageantry, as if he felt the eyes of Europe on his tail. As for the humble breed retained by man, he scorns the whole domestic clan. He bows, he bridles, he wheels, he sidles, at last, with stately dodgings. In a corner he pens a simple russet hen to scorn her full in the blaze of his resplendent fan. Look here, he cries, to give him words. Thou feathered clay, thou scum of birds! Flirting the rustling plumage in her eyes. Look here, thou vile predestined sinner, Doomed to be roasted for a dinner. Behold those lovely variegated dyes. These are the rainbow colors of the skies That heaven has shed upon me con amore. A bird of paradise, a pretty story. I am that saintly fowl, thou paltry chick. Look at my crown of glory thou dingy dirty drabble draggled jill and off goes partlet wriggling from a kick with bleeding scalp laid open by his bill and that little simile exactly paints how sinners are despised by saints by saints the hypocrites that ope heaven's door obsequious to the sinful man of riches but put the wicked naked bare-legged poor in parish stocks instead of breeches the saints the bigots that in public spout spread phosphorus of zeal on scraps of fustian, and go like walking lucifers about mere living bundles of combustion the saints the aping fanatics that talk all cant and rant and rhapsodies high-flown that bid you balk a sunday walk and shun God's work as you should shun your own. The saints, the formalists, the extra-pious, who think the mortal husk can save the soul by trundling with a mere mechanic bias to church just like a lignum vitae bowl. The saints, the Pharisees, whose beetle stands beside a stern coercive kirk, a piece of human mason work calling all sermons contraband in that great temple that's not made with hands thrice blessed rather is the man with whom the gracious prodigality of nature the balm the bliss the beauty and the bloom the bounteous providence in every feature recall the good creator to his creature making all earth a thing all heaven its dome to his tuned spirit the wild heather bells ring sabbath knells the jubilate of the soaring lark is chant of clerk for choir the thrush and the gregarious linnet the sod's a cushion for his pious want and consecrated by the heaven within it the sky-blue pool a font each cloud-capped mountain is a holy altar an organ breathes in every grove and the full hearts a psalter rich in deep hymns of gratitude and love sufficiently by stern necessitarians poor nature with her face begrimed by dust is stoked coked smoked and almost choked but must religion have its own utilitarians Labelled with evangelical phylacteries to make the road to heaven a railway trust and churches, that's the naked fact, mere factories? Oh, simply open wide the temple door and let the solemn, swelling organ greet with voluntaries meet the willing advent of the rich and poor and while to god the loud hosannas soar with rich vibrations from the vocal throng from quiet shades that to the woods belong and brooks with music of their own voices may come to swell the choral song with notes of praise they learned in musings lone how strange it is while on all vital questions that occupy the house and public mind we always meet with some humane suggestions of gentle measures of a healing kind instead of harsh severity and vigour the saint alone his preference retains for bills of penalties and pains and marks his narrow code with legal rigour why shun as worthless of affiliation what men of all political persuasion extol and even use upon occasion that christian principle conciliation but possibly the men who make such fuss With Sunday pippins and old trots infirm Attach some other meaning to the term, as thus One market morning, in my usual rambles, Passing along Whitechapel's ancient shambles, Where meat was hung in many a joint and quarter, I had to halt awhile, like other folks, To let a killing butcher coax A score of lambs and fatted sheep to slaughter. A sturdy man he looked a fill an ox, bull-fronted, ruddy, with a formal streak of well-greased hair down either cheek, as if he deed de de-dash-deed some other flocks, beside those woolly-headed stubborn blocks that stood before him, in vexatious huddle. Poor little lambs with bleeding weathers grouped, while now and then a thirsty creature stooped and meekly snuffed, but did not taste the puddle fierce barked the dog and many a blow was dealt that loin and chump and scrag and saddle felt yet still that fatal step they all declined it and shunned the tainted door as if they smelled onions mint sauce and lemon juice behind it at last there came a pause of brutal force the cur was silent for his jaws were full of tangled locks of tarry wool the man had whooped and hollowed till dead horse the time was ripe for mild expostulation, and thus it stammered from a stander-by. Zounds! My good fellow! It quite makes me! Why, it really! My dear fellow! Do just try conciliation! Stringing his nerves like flint, the sturdy butcher seized upon the hint. At least he seized upon the foremost weather and hugged and lugged and tugged him neck and crop just nolan's volens through the open shop if tails come off he didn't care a feather then walking to the door and smiling grim he rubbed his forehead and his sleeve together there i have conciliated him again good-humoredly to, to end our quarrel good-humor should prevail i'll fit you with a tale whereto is tidy moral once on a time a certain English lass was seized with symptoms of such deep decline, cough, hectic flushes, every evil sign, that as their want is at such desperate pass, the doctors gave her over to an ass. Accordingly, the grisly shade to bilk each morn the patient quaffed a frothy bowl of asinine new milk, robbing a shaggy suckling of a foal which got proportionably spare and skinny meanwhile the neighbors cried poor mary ann she can't get over it she never can when lo to prove each prophet was a ninny the one that died was the poor wet nurse jenny to aggravate the case there were but two grown donkeys in the place and most unluckily for eve's sick daughter the other long-eared creature was a male who never in his life had given a pail of milk or even chalk and water no matter at the usual hour of eight, down trots a donkey to the wicket-gate, with Mr. Simon Gubbins on his back. "'Your sarvant, miss. A warry spring-like day. Bad time for hasses, though. Good luck, good luck. "'Jenny be dead, miss. But I brought ye Jack. He doesn't give no milk, but he can bray.'" So runs the story, and in vain self-glory some saints would sneer at Gubbins for his blindness but what the better are their pious saws to ailing souls than dry he haws without the milk of human kindness end of poem this recording is in the public domain